Good morning. Allow me to tell you about a fella. He's married and he has children. Like any marriage, it has been a marriage that has had ups and downs, but they pushed through the hard times and sustained their relationship uh, during difficult seasons like any parent faced with they were faced with challenges and yet there was great joy in their family life he was employed and had adequate uh, income to meet his needs and he got into a routine in his work and and one day he noticed there was a spot on his hand and he looked at it in an inquisitive way and thought, I'm, I'm just going to see and watch this thing. And he began to see that it would progress and it wasn't going away. And, and his wife said, you know, honey, you ought to have that look And so he went <clears throat> to the village area where there was a man that was not a physician, but he had a lot of experiences in terms of helping people and uh, helping them physically. And he looked at it and said, let's watch this. I want to watch this really over the next couple of weeks so we can determine what it is. He went home to his family, continued his routine, but every other day he would go to this specific man who had some medical background and would look at it and he he would say, I'm concerned, but let's continue to watch it. And so at the end of two weeks, this person who was watching him and caring for him, who had some know-how in medicine, said, I need to share with you something. You have leprosy. And I have taken an oath that when I see this and identify it, you must be quarantined. And so he was banished to the back of the village with a group of folks that had the same diagnosis. He was no longer able to be with his family. He couldn't kiss his children goodnight. He wasn't able to spend time with his wife. His colleagues wondered what happened, and when they realized they kept at a great distance. In fact, the priests, the religious leaders, that day labeled him unclean according to religious law. So his employment changed as he was distanced from the community and his family. He longed to be with his family. We are in a a series where we've been asking the question, what now? How do we bring hope from Easter into this world that we've discovered ourselves in? How do we take faith and make it work in a time of real difficulty? What we discover is a scripture that I think speaks to all of us in this day. For this man, 
shows up in this story. Now, I don't know the exact story of the man, but in my mind's eye, I went back to think about what it must have been like to have been quarantined for the rest of his life. And the emotion related to all of that. Leprosy is a strange disease. It's often surfaces with... Um, things related to the skin, but it really has to do with the nervous system. Blind person is unable to see. A deaf person, not able to hear. For a person with leprosy, it has to do with the nervous system being attacked in a way that they become numb. The body no longer communicates. And, and so, wasn't uncommon in the day of Christ when someone would walk by a fire and not realize how hot it was and would burn second and degree, second and third degree burns. And, or another time where they might cut themselves and not realize that they would believe. So part of the tragedy was that the human body loses its ability to feel. But the other, probably what was more tragic is what we mentioned before. And that was the estrangement, the isolation, and the stigma. When his family would come, I can only imagine as they stood as a, a distance. I mean, this would be like social distancing on steroids. I mean, this was, this was something that was so hard for the family because they would look upon this man. But I think it was even harder on him, because he knew how he appeared and couldn't touch. Jesus is coming through the village, and I can only imagine that there were others around him, followers of Christ, and, and, and as they were passing through the village, we discover that uh, he calls out. And in desperation, he calls out to Christ. And he, he implores the scripture as an inference. And he, he says with great emotion, please, you have the capability of healing me. You can make me clean. Now he was referencing something that uh, was common in that community as they would be defined or labeled as unclean. They would before getting near anyone, they would have to yell out, unclean, unclean. And, and he's saying, you have that ability. He teaches us something, first of all, about prayer. I have not found myself imploring God, earnestly praying for that, which is important. So he's pleading. He's emotional. And, and, and he says, Jesus, reach out. Reach out. Jesus reached out and touched the man. He said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy is off. All right, I want you to time travel with me. I was thinking this. My bright brain was kind of in story form, if you would. What would it be like if Jesus in physical flesh, we believe his spirit is always with us, in the Holy Spirit, that in physical flesh, if he met us here and his disciples were with him, 
what would that look like in this COVID culture? And, and some of the questions that came up in my mind, and, and you can respond, don't respond now, but maybe later if you want to on Facebook or email. I'd be interested to hear, because I've asked several people about this and kind of taken a little survey. Would Jesus have worn a mask? Would he have worn gloves? Would he have been intentional about washing his hands? Would he have social distance, or does this story tell us something different? Would he have gathered with a large group of people, like his disciples that might have been gathered around him? And, you know, I've gotten a lot of responses. One response was, he might have wore a mask, but he surely didn't need to. He had a supernatural immune system. He was deity. Jesus was Jesus. He probably didn't need a mask. Others said, I think he would because he was so compassionate that he had a sensitivity about him that he wouldn't want to be perceived as a carrier. And so part of his compassion was the sensitivity of the culture around him. He wanted to put others at ease. Or he might have said, be cautious, but he might have given people an opportunity to decide. I, I, I don't know. I don't really have an answer to that. But I did start to think about, you know, as a disciple of Christ, how those disciples might have reacted. I thought about Peter. <laughs> I was talking about Peter. You know, Jesus might have said, or maybe some around him, uh, said, you ought to really wear a mask. And he was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I have great faith. I don't need a mask. And after the third time he sneezed, he put one on. Or, or the possibility of Thomas. You know, Do Thomas was always questioning, this is a hoax. I don't really believe this thing. And how effective can a mask be anyway? I doubt it'll work. Judas. Judas was so concerned about the bottom line. What's this going to do to our finances? In fact, I wonder if Judas might have tested positive and didn't tell anybody. And then Martha. Remember Mary and Martha? Martha probably sanitized everything. So Jesus, I can't get Mary to wipe down anything. I don't know, just a little different look at how we're all on this spectrum of responding. How do we do that in a good way with others? More specifically, compassionately. I even wondered if Jesus would tune in to Governor Andy at 5 o'clock and how would he feel about his recommendations? Would he be willing to take medical advice from our President Trump? I don't think so. <laughs> I wonder how Jesus would respond. And I think he would have responded, well, he has equipped certain people to touch. One of the questions that comes from the scripture is, would Jesus have touched other people? Once again, I believe he would have been smart. He would have been wise, emotionally intelligent, spiritually aware. And I wonder if he might have taken an approach 
much like John Wesley suggested to those of us, the people called Methodists. John Wesley had a, a mantra really of, of three parts that he would say to the church. He said this, it was called his three general rules. Do no harm. Do good. And attend upon the ordinances of God. So we can look back and ask that question. What would Jesus have done? What would his disciples have been recommended to do in these days? And I think the answer John Wesley helps us with. Do no harm. Fortunately, we have people that are touching those who have this infirmity. I think about the heroes, heroines, the medical community that are right on the edge, right in harm's way, and yet in a quarantine environment, they're touching, caring for them. They're doing an IV, inserting an IV, intubating, or holding the hand. So while touch is important, and I, I want to say that I missed that. That's going to be one of the hardest things for me when we get back. In service, in-person services is I love reaching out to folks appropriately with time. But I think there are ways that we can reach out and touch people without physically touching them. And in the story, I think we see a little bit of that. While Jesus touched this man, Jesus could see this man. And what did he see? Jesus saw a man who seemed hopeless, who felt ashamed because of what had happened to him. Some feel shame and guilt because of maybe something they've done. In this case, it had been done unto him, the disease. Contagion. He saw a man that was desperate. And as it says in the scripture so often, he looked at them with eyes of compassion. And I think that's what he saw. What did the man see in Jesus? He saw his last chance. He saw a means of having a relationship with this miracle worker and with his family, potentially, again, and with his community. And if he could be healed, he would have freedom while his whole body had been incarcerated and his whole world had been in prison. He saw it as an opportunity to be free. Maybe you today feel wrapped home. The shame of some someone doing something to you or you've made a mistake. Christ still draws people unto himself and he still offers forgiveness and freedom. And so I think the touch was powerful in this moment. I think this man saw real hope and possibility in the life and compassion of Jesus. 
while we may not be able to physically touch someone, because that may do harm. Help us, John Wesley. He said the second thing was to do good. So how do we do good? What does that look like? Well, one of the things that's a beautiful thing about the Wesleyan tradition is that we've always tried to be pragmatic and practical in the world we live As Wesleyans, we've been imaginative and creative in offering Christ. And I think the compassion of Christ can come through us. Let's pick something obvious. Generosity. A friend of mine in North Georgia was talking, was describing how early in the stages of this COVID-19 lockdown, the restaurants were being closed up. And one patron came in and went to the manager and said, look, I know men and women who have served these tables are going to be out of work. Here is a thousand dollars. Please distribute it among them. And I'd rather be anonymous. Someone in our church said, Tim, we're grateful for the stimulus. And we know there are many people that have received a check from our government. But we're in a position to give that to some folks that need it more. And so if you would make some aware that there are some resources available to these Maybe you heard about the guy out in Kansas, a farmer. He had uh, four utility masks, and his family had one to spare and sent it uh, to New York to Governor Cuomo. That was highlighted this week. It was an extravagant, but it was very practical. And then the gift of listing, checking in. Following up, having a ministry of presence, even if it means a phone call or standing at a distance. I think we're all on edge. There's been a collective trauma. You know, one of the things that I need to work on is holding more patience. Than this. So, how do we live into that mantra? Do no harm. To do good, to live to the ordinances of God. Well, one of the things that we're encouraged about is what was shared earlier, that God is with us, that his word is everlasting, and that his promises still abide with us. His spirit abides with us. I want to pray with you and ask for guidance and how we can show God, we thank you for this morning and for the opportunity to live out our faith, even in some of the most challenging. God, we ask that you'd give us a creative, sanctified imagination to look for a need and then to meet it in the safest way possible but in a way that points others to you. We thank you that you have called us unto yourself.
that your unseen presence abides with us every day, you still touch our lives. Help us to reach out to others. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.